Hitting revenue targets is hard and requires constant hustle. Last quarter's success is already forgotten. Learn the mindset and tactics of today's most successful revenue producers in B2B marketing and sales. We call this the revenue hustle. I'm your host, Tom Hessen, navigating you on this journey. Today's show is sponsored by Nine Lenses, an interactive assessment platform that enables you to add instant value to your buyers and allows your sales team to tailor business conversations focused on the pain points each and every time. Check them out at NineLenses.com. All right. This is Tom Hessen, your host of the Revenue Hustle podcast, and it is my distinct pleasure to introduce you to Mike Madej. He is the Senior Director of Customer Success at Gainsight. Mike, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Tom. It's my pleasure to be here. Well, I've gotten to know Mike over the last um, few weeks here, and he is uh, a wealth of knowledge. I can't wait for this conversation. Really unique perspective. Just um, coming from Gainsight and his, his prior career, we'll get a lot into that. But Mike, tell me a little bit about yourself. Just introduce what you're doing at Gainsight. Um, help us get to know you a little bit here. Yeah, so um, I am a senior director of customer success at Gainsight. I lead our uh, global practice, uh, and basically that means that we are supporting Gainsight's largest customers, most complex customers, um, arguably most important customers. Um, and I have a team of of six CSMs that report directly into me, and and we manage about thirty million dollars um, worth of business uh, at Gainsight. Wow. Um, yeah, I've been here now for uh, four and a half years and started as actually an individual contributor uh, within the global team and then um, eventually moved into to leadership. Uh, before that, I had worked in the talent acquisition software space for 14 years uh, and finished up my time there working in CS. I was a Gainsight customer uh, while I was at that organization. And that's kind of when I uh, when I fell in love with customer success technology, um, everything that Gainsight was doing from a thought leadership perspective. Yeah. And, you know, I just thought that uh, if I was going to really lean into this customer success career, where better yeah, no to kidding. do it and learn than at Gainsight. So that's uh, that's what I that's what I did. And I've been here for four and a half great years. Well, that's what makes today's episode so exciting for me because um, we're we're getting to not only hear your perspective, but just a lot of what you've lived every day with the growth gainsight. So um, you guys know how we do this. Mike, you know how to do this. We do these revenue rules. So let it rip. What is your first revenue rule, Mike? First revenue rule is that net, net revenue retention, so NRR, that is our new North Star. If you are a uh, post-sales team member and you don't know off the like back of your back of your hand what your NRR is and what you're forecasting it at, you're uh, you're, you're behind the curve there. So that's that's the rule. NRR is the new North Star. Tell us what you mean by NRR. Just for some that may not know, if they're marketers, CEO, you know. CROs, head of sales, just to t talk to us about net revenue retention. Yeah, absolutely. So I think most people will probably be familiar with, with GRR. So that's gross revenue retention. That's the dollars that you have eligible for renewal. How many of those you actually keep, right? Um, and I think that was, that was the first number that post-sales teams really cared about. Uh, and you know, you protect this house, if you will, and you want to keep all of those dollars that you have available to you. 
and you want to set your target, uh, you know, 90%, right? Let's say we're doing 90% revenue retention. Um, and that's good. But what that doesn't um, factor in is the install base growth um, that the post sales teams, along with their partners in sales, are driving within the existing customers. Uh, so the way that NRR is calculated if we're looking at a customer and their renewals up um, and, you know, they've had uh, they've had a million dollar contract with you and you renew that million dollars, your GRR percentage is is 100. Right. But if you're also adding in new licenses, new modules, and so you've got that expansion, that then becomes the NRR numbers. So let's say they bought five hundred thousand dollars worth of, of new products your NRR is then 150%. Um, and we really feel like at Gainsight, now that customer success in a lot of ways uh, is going on offense, we're no longer right. just the, the defensive team. We're also now in some ways the offensive team because frankly, no one knows these customers better than we do. No one knows the challenges that they have the solutions that we have and how those two things can kind of meet together um, and organically grow an account. Um, and I, I love the fact that we, we get to do this. We're very focused on this at Gainsight. Um, and we're also in some ways um, kind of the protector of our customers right. from our partners in sales. Um, I love, I love my sales partners. I think one, one, um, one rule that I have is that always in any organization, sales is going to be my, uh, some of my strongest partnerships, but there are going to be times when a salesperson needs to hit a number and they might, they might be pushing, you know, bad product, um, at a customer or, or more licenses that need to happen. Um, and I think having your CS team have influence over growth and be accountable for growth and responsible for growth. I think it, um, it gives you some checks and balances with that, that salesperson who's only driven based off of top line growth. Um, and that team that has to be there for the long term and is yeah. going to have to renew those new dollars in three years. Um, so that, that's kind of what NRR is. It does require a good amount of um, of reporting and RevOps um, kind of legwork there. So to all of the, the CS folks who might not have that NRR number right now at their fingertips, make friends with RevOps, um, you know, introduce them to the concept if they're not familiar with it, and then underlie the importance of you know, why you should be focusing on it um, as a metric. And And so how did that transition occur, right? Because I'm you know, if you, like you said, if you have a million dollar contract or you renew it, it's a hundred percent, or maybe they buy something new and now it's, you know, like you said, it's 500,000. So it's 1.5 million. It's so that you could say your gross revenue retention is now 150%. Mm. So is it semantics or is it, is it, you know, like, or did gross revenue just, you could only go up to a hundred. Like, yeah. So, so technically by the, the definition that Gainsight uses, gross revenue can only go up for a hundred. Um, and, and I think, you know, one of the inflection points for me, and this was a conversation going back a couple, two, three years ago when I was talking, um, with our, with our CCO and we're starting to do some of this, um, discovery around attributing growth to CS. And she asked me, she said, you know, what, percentage of this of these accounts that grew do you think that that cs was you know responsible for driving um and i said 100 percent um i fully believe the, the way that gain sites 
pre-sale and post-sales model work. If there was expansion that was discovered within an account, it came because the CSM had built the relationship, understood the challenges, understood our products, and then brought in the salesperson to say, hey, I've uncovered this challenge. Um, I, I'd like for you to then take the ball from here. Right. And that's where the, the careful line has to be drawn is that you don't want to turn your CSMs into mini salespeople. Uh, so, you know, we, you know, we understand the, the pain points, the challenges, the product, the connection there. And then as soon as commercials start to be discussed, that's when we back out of the equation, um, because that's where, um, negotiations take place. And, you know, there, there, you know, there can be some, um, friction points that happen during that, that time window. And I don't want my folks to be a part of that. I don't want the, the relationship that they've built that has led us to this point where we can do this expansion um, to have a black eye because we were trying to get, you know, 10% more out of the customer um, than what they wanted to pay. So that's where right. we then back off and we say, okay, it's squarely at the point where we're looking at commercials. We're getting ready to send order forms. The CSM is, is kind of stepped to the side um, and is letting the, um, the salesperson take back over. Got it. And is that a new, like, is that like an account management person or is that also a new business hunter that's brought back to an existing customer? Yeah. So that, that talks a little bit about um, what my second revenue uh, rule is going to be is is structuring structuring your organization to maximize growth. Um, But the way that we do it at Gainsight, the, the hunter and the farmer from the sales perspective is the same Same. person. Um, and so it's re-engaging that salesperson who's, who's never really left, but they're, they've got other priorities. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. They're not, so as, they're, as they're engaged. yeah, they're, they're a little bit less engaged. Um, they're, uh, yeah, most organizations will incent their salespeople to go and hunt net new business. Um, and so, yeah, great. Go out and hunt those whales, find that next seven figure deal for us. I'm going to keep this customer happy and find some smaller opportunities within it, and I'll bring you back in. And so what we do, we use the concept of of a customer success qualified lead. So we'll call that with acronym as CSQL. Um, and it's up to the to the CSM to basically um, create that opportunity for the salesperson. We are identifying who that buyer is, identifying um, you know, the medic methodology or whatever whatever your sales methodology is that your organization uses. You know, translate what you know about the customer, what you know about the product suite, how those things match together into that sales methodology and then hand it over to them. So they're, they're informed, they're ready. They have all the input they need and then they can just go strike. Um, So that's, that's how we execute on it here. And then the other, you know, cool thing that Gainsight has done um, is that we, we pay our CSMs on those expansions. Um, So we've, we've developed a model where we think we've strike, we've struck the right balance between Mm -hmm. incenting them and giving them skin in the game while not having them, you know, trying to push product or push right, 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 right. So much on the table from them, from that perspective. So it's, it's a nice little um, improvement to the quality of life, but it's not something that's going to make you act radically different. Yeah. That's important. Very important. 
And and so going back to the NRR, without you know dis- disclosing anything that you don't want to disclose, but like what's a good target that you see out there in customer success um, for NRR? And and I'm sure there's there's you know different companies do it different ways, but like just just as a person that's in the space, like how how should a VP of customer success or a CRO think about setting that target? Yeah. Yeah. So the, the, the two numbers and they are intertwined, but GRR, what, what, so the gross revenue, what we look at is kind of the, the hallmark of a, of a good team that's built a sustainable and renewable product and process is 90, 90% plus. Um, so 90, 95% um, is where you go. And then if you stack on top of that, the NRR numbers that we're looking at is around 120, 125%. Um, that's what we want to see out of our um, out of our install base account. So if you're growing um, those accounts, then your you know uh, salespeople have that hunter. Uh, they have their hunter cap on. They're also bringing in new dollars. Then you're going to see pretty sustained. Uh, uh, sustainable growth within your um, within your business. So that's a pretty big growth target with an existing customer then, all right? I mean, across all customers, assuming like it's a 25% or more to account for some of the churn, like you said, yep. like 90, 95%. So you got to cover the churn and then some growth. So that's a pretty, you know, I don't know if aggressive is the right word, meaningful growth target for existing customers, right? Yeah. And that's, and that goes back to growing an existing customer is arguably easier, right, than a acquiring a new one. That's right, and I think it's, um, I think it's, it's, it is, it's aggressive in some ways. But our our belief on um, our belief on this is that a customer should be growing. They should be receiving value from the partnership, which is if, if I'm, if I'm bringing a third rule um, in today <laughs> is that you can only really put yourself in this position if you've delivered significant value um, to the customer as part of the partnership. Um, and so when you've delivered that value, you've earned that seat at the table to put a new module, to put more licenses um, in front of them. Uh, so drive that value. And then you know, organically those operations opportunities will come up. And if you have a customer who's consistently kind of stagnated at a certain level, um, you know, maybe they've maxed out um, the value that they can receive from you. Um, and that's somebody that you should be watching kind of closely because at a certain point, um, if you're not increasing the value that you are providing to them, now they're actually a churn risk. Um, so that's kind of the way that we look at it, that healthy accounts should be growing. Accounts that aren't growing repeatedly or, or are having small reductions each year, you need to really be watching out that those customers um, don't eventually churn because it, it sounds like it's a value challenge um, if they're not adding on additional product services, um, mm-hmm. et cetera. No, that's a great way to think about it. Thank you. All right. So let's transition to your second rule. You kind of teased it uh, yeah. a few minutes ago, but uh, go ahead. What's your second revenue rule? Yeah. So the second revenue goal is really organizing your organization uh, um, to focus on, on growth. Um, so what we have done um, within customer success was a little bit of an experiment where we where we took um, some members of our team and uh, we, we kind of tagged this as the growth team. Uh, and these were uh, folks who were going to take on accounts that we believed that there was explosive potential for growth. So we were putting bets on customers 
um, that we thought, you know, we've landed this customer, we've got them in the boat. We think that if we deliver tremendous value and we execute, um, we'll be able to grow them substantially. So we overserved that customer uh, in terms of our engagement model with customer success. So let's take let's take to, to some some rough numbers and say my threshold generally for taking on a customer is at five hundred thousand dollars, but I would be willing um, to take on a two hundred thousand dollar customer. If I saw the path to growth um, through my partnership with sales. Um, so I talked about that a little bit earlier um, to all of the, the CS leaders who are out there. You know, you've got you've got to be you know best friends. Uh, you got to be best friends with a few different people. Sales is right up there at the top of the list. Um, and you ha- when that customer comes on board, I built out. um kind of a questionnaire almost, if you will, is if we're considering this customer um, to be part of this growth segment, I need you to show me how we're going to get there. Is this growth going to be based off of performance? Is this growth going to be, you know, uh, expansion into um, other business units within the company? Right. Is it going to be um, you, you've sold into the parent company and we're going to go through, grow through, uh, you know, sub accounts or, or child accounts or whatever you, the organization right. calls it. Um, you have to show me what that growth plan is. And you have to commit to that in some level of opportunity management within Salesforce, which the second you do that, <laughs> Um, the sales team has a tendency to say, well, you know, I don't want to commit to this number. So maybe the growth segment isn't the right place for them right now. And and if that's the case, and they're not willing to at least put it down as an opportunity, I'm not willing to take it on as a growth customer because it's either, you know, a hope and a prayer or it's optimistic or it's any of those things. So I really, I really put together that questionnaire in a way that said, you've got to, you've got to prove to me where this growth is. And then assuming um, that we all agreed that this was a, 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 you know, a potential key account from the sales perspective side, the salesperson had a path to growth, we would then assign one of our growth-focused CSMs um, to the account. And when we staffed this team, I staffed it with, I like to call them failed sales reps. Um, they <laughs> I was going to say, I was just going to ask you, who are you staffing this team with? Perfect. Yeah. I, I, I staffed it with, with, with failed sales reps, not that they failed because they couldn't hit their number or they didn't, um, you know, they didn't like the pressure of sales. It's for people who did that and lived that life, but felt like they enjoyed growing the relationship with the customer and the understanding of the business. That, that is more what energized them right. than ringing the bell at the end of the quarter over a deal. So those are the people, um, the entire team at one point in their career had commercial responsibilities, either as an account manager or as a, as a salesperson. So we really specifically targeted that because we needed that team to have the, the muscle memory and the kind of senses to hear conversations with a customer and automatically be thinking growth right away. And that's yeah. not something that everyone has and everyone does. Um, so we look for that very specific um, persona within that team. And then staffed it up. Um, and then we built our model, as I mentioned earlier, we kind of over, over served the customer right. 
well beyond what their what their spend with us would dictate from an engagement model, from access to our executives, to kind of the white glove treatment um, of, you know, invites to special events and opportunities to speak at Pulse and kind of and all of those things. We, we over-indexed there because we believe that that's what we needed to do for that growth path. Um, and we were very, also very specific about how we drove value delivery. Um, we were yeah. laser focused on those because we we knew what was at the end of the rainbow was that sure. of gold. Um, so we really focused on driving outcomes there. We also, um, a couple of other different components of the pod, if you will, that we set up with these. So we tried our best to you know, create a, a a unit within the team, a, a little mini platoon almost, if you will, that had the same players in it within um, these the, the group of accounts. So the salesperson was matched up with the CSM, the the solutions consultant who at, at Gainsight does a lot of the discovery and, and demo. We had the same person there. Um, we tried to leverage wherever we could the same professional services resources on those accounts the same premier support agent, um, and then the, the the same executive sponsor on the Gainsight side. So this group really got to learn each other's motions, learn each other's strong suits and relative weak points um, within what they were doing with the customer and really acting kind of like a platoon or a team, if you will. Um, and, and we found that when we were able to get that cohort, get it in place, get them working together, get them meeting on a regular basis about these customers, um, it, we, we did exactly what we wanted to do. And the first year that, um, that that team was in existence, our NRR for that segment was over 200%. Wow. Um, yeah. So the, the proof was in the pudding. Yeah. We built this model. We made some kind of assumptions. We staffed the team in a little bit of a unique way, pulled together resources kind of differently, and they went out and executed. And I think it was 212% was the, was the NRR in that first year. Now, this year, given, you know, kind of economic uncertainty and, you know, we can debate, are we in a recession or are we not? Where, where is it? I don't know that we're, we're going to have as much growth from this team this year. Um, but we're, we're still projecting sizable growth. Um, well, well, and I think what stands out to me as you share this, um, cause again, you live it. So it, it's all, I'm hearing it for the first time is just how growth oriented that was. It, it didn't happen by accident. It was like, okay, we're going to, grow. We're going to run an experiment, right? We don't know exactly how this is going to work, but let's put our best growth people in CS, in this team, dedicated, and let's just over-deliver, right? I think that's, you know, you you had the great skill set, but if you didn't over-deliver, right? Like there's, it's the science too, but behind, you know, you had to over-deliver to add value, build the trust, um, demonstrate that you can do all these wonderful things. And you had the right people there to kind of catch the, the fruit that fell from the tree. Right. Exactly. Uh, as a result and, of that. Know, so, yeah, it, it's really interesting. The, the other, the other kind of caveat that I would give to all of this is you have to be ready to pull the rip cord. If you have a renewal and that customer doesn't grow, you, you have to be okay sending them to the segment that they, that they belong in. Um, and we had a couple of those because we were so focused, 
focused on growth within this team. Um, and, you know, the customer did okay. They did well. There were market factors or, or different things that changed within the organization. And that growth did not happen. Um, and, and we, you know, kind of right-sized the customer success alignment to that customer. And then we pulled in new customers. We, we didn't really add a ton of headcount. So we had to be smart about how we, um, how we manage those customers that were in with that segment. And unfortunately there were, there were a few customers that didn't have the growth that we had kind of thought that they might have. And so they, they moved segments. Um, and, you know, we were upfront about it. Um, our models, fortunately, I work at the customer success company. So regardless of, of who your CSM is and the model and the segment that you're working with, you're going to receive tremendous support. Sure. Um, but we just, you, you didn't, you weren't as high touch. You weren't going to have um, kind of our, our CEO on, on speed dial, if you will, <laughs> as a part of this other segment. And um, so that was, that's the other thing that, that I would, that I'd make sure that folks were well, thought about. Well, yeah, I mean, because that may not be obvious, right? You, you you staff it and you're like, okay, well, now I need to put more people in, right? We've got all these new customers coming in that fit the profile, but unless you're growing the team exponentially, right, or just continue to grow the headcount, you're like, well, we've got to right size the customers in the in the in in that segment. No, that so, makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and and so we had the, the the great news is is we had that success story about how we were growing these accounts. So it made it a little bit easier to have conversations with we call it teammate success, but kind of HR conversations around our staffing needs. And we said, look, we've done this, we've built this track record, we expect this type of growth. You know, you're going to have to help us out here when it comes to a headcount perspective. So initially that team started off as Six teammates, we grew it up to um, 11 teammates because we, we saw the success that was coming as a part of it. Um, and the organization acknowledged that, you know, NRR being our new North Star, this team being so focused on delivering NRR back to the company, um, it was a smart bet to, um, to to kind of bet on the growth team like we were betting on customers. So that's that was um, that required a little bit of finessing and, and conversations. The other area that was critically important and this goes back to my commentary earlier around being good friends with your partners in sales, we needed to understand what their forecasts look like. Who's coming down the pike that might be in this segment? Um, And if you've got 15 of these deals coming up in in Q3, and my my folks are already getting to be 100% utilized, you've got to let me know that you know, what's, what's happening here, because I have to get in front of this from a staffing perspective. And if not, we're not going to be able to to serve these customers in the way that we want to, because I don't want to overburden um, my, my CS team with, with too many accounts. Right. Um, then your peanut butter spread, you're, you know, you're doing what you can. Um, so it did require that, that kind of networking and, and, and internal kind of politicking with finance, with teammate success, and then also that really close collaboration with sales. Um, and this is where Gainsight, one of the amazing things that that we do is we have a an organization-wide weekly business review. Um, and all of the major kind of department heads come and they kind of report out. And the sales one, that was the one that I was always very keenly listening to. Let sure. me see that pipeline. Let me see what new has come into the pipe that I need to, I need to be thinking about from a staffing perspective. Um, and that's, that, that's, I think very different um, than historically the way that that post sales teams have operated, where you've had a just in time staffing model, and 
oh, Anne can take on one more customer. Uh, right. uh, Anne can take on two more customers. Like we want to get away from that. So that's where that relationship with sales was was really critical. And then the other kind of component that I think really helped us to get to a place that we were able to execute on this model um, is we were very clear. We have a value selling framework. Um, so when sales is talking to prospects um, about what they should receive uh, from Gainsight in exchange for their money, we're going to give them solutions and services and software. Um, sales sells on this value framework. Our professional services team delivers based off of that framework. And then customer success takes that information from professional services confirms it with the customer, and then just relentlessly executes on that plan that ties to what PS built, that ties to what sales sold. Um, and then we're setting the expectation that we're going to do X, Y, and Z. And when that happens, you're going to be ready to grow. You're going to be able to you know, we can then um, have your sales teams be in Gainsight like our sales teams are in Gainsight so you can facilitate this collaboration. You can bring your solutions consultants into Gainsight. And see, we've done it. We've shown you yeah, right. how we can do this. Now you be thinking about how you do this with your business. And that's where growth opportunities were found. So I think that's the other, that value realization and having it be core to all of the client-facing teams um, that that interact with the customer. This is why you bought Gainsight. This is how. We, this is why we built Gainsight this way. This is how we're going to get you to value with Gainsight. Yeah, and I think that's an important part of the the structure. Like you're structuring the team based on growth potential, right? Or you're putting the customers in different segments that comes along with different levels of touch and service and so on, right? Because again, they're probably paying at different levels as well, right? And and so. Then you're staffing the teams differently, but you're also thinking about the growth from the get-go. And I think that's growth oftentimes is an afterthought. I mean, everyone likes to talk about expansion, but rarely is there a systemic approach to how we achieve that, right? And and organizing around a framework or a methodology or approach uh, to actually deliver on that. Um, and then I'm sure you report on that as well. So I think that's that's really insightful just to see how it it shapes the way yeah. I mean, you guys organize. This is uh, big ups to my uh, my CS Ops organization and and the RevOps organization at Gainsight, where they have um, all of those um, value selling reasons um, and then outcomes. We can report uh, by the click of a button. I can go and I can see what percentage of our customer base bought off of you know reason one reason two, reason three, and then I'm able to see how many of those outcomes we've been able to pull through for those customers. Um, so we really have um, a deep understanding of why customers are choosing to partner with Gainsight, how our professional services team need to build and configure those instances to maximize that. So let's say that I'm a, a fresh-faced customer success organization, and I listen to this and I say, you know what, when I stand up my team, NRR and growth is going to be one of the top line items that I need to achieve to this partnership with Gainsight. The salesperson is going to sell you the right modules to maximize growth within your accounts. The PS team is going to configure your workflows um, to be focused on driving growth. And then the CSM is going to have a growth lean to the way that they, they talk to you about 
um, the products and services and the thought leadership that we develop and the modules that we come out with um, are going to be focused on that. So I think it's critically important to have all of those. So have the, the collaboration between the teams, have that framework to execute on, be intentional with your purpose when it comes to what the teams are doing. Um, and by doing those things, it, it will make um, pretty lofty targets um, achievable. Yeah, no, that's great. Well, thank you for sharing that. I mean, tell us a little bit about how you got into customer success. What's been your kind of career track? Yeah. I, I kind of started all over the map. So my very first role coming out of college um, was at the time called an account manager. It was really a CSM um, where I was focused on, you know, kind of, uh, you know, 15 years ago, we were looking at, at logins and we're saying, okay, yeah, uh, we, we see some folks are logging in and um, that's Doing good right? stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so I did that for, for a couple of years and then... Um, I I had the opportunity to go a little bit back of the house and got into some business process outsourcing. Um, so I had the opportunity to to travel the world and um, take some of our lower value processes um, and have those done by by vendors uh, around the world. Um, so did that for um, a few a few years. And then moved into um, a, a technical consulting role um, where at the time, uh, a lot of the dependency for that organization was how well we were able to exchange data um, with other systems. Um, so I would come in, I'd lay out what the framework looked like, which allowed me to get a little bit of my my technical chop yeah. when it comes to um, things that eh, your your average CSM isn't going to be able to you know really talk super deeply um, about APIs and the difference between REST and uh, and those things and and I learned that stuff. Yeah. Um, found out that it, it it was good and I liked having the kind of college level um, uh, experience there, but I didn't want to get my master's in that. I I, 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 yeah. I didn't I didn't I didn't want to uh, to, to do that. Uh, so then that's actually what brought me uh, into at first customer experience. Uh, so at the organization, we were doing NPS. Um, and by doing NPS, that meant we were sending a survey. Um, right. And that's what we did. We weren't operationalizing it. We weren't mining the data for insights. Uh, and, uh, you know, we just sent a survey and patted ourselves in the back and said, we've got an MPS program. Uh, and then we really decided to lean into that. Uh, and so I got to stand up that team um, and really leaned in. We did a very product-specific or product-focused MPS. And what it did is it allowed us to find out really where we were serving our customers well and where there were gaps in our process. And then what my team's responsibility was, was to rally the organization around whatever challenge that customer had. Was it a support challenge? Was it a product challenge? Was it a, they, they didn't like their sales rep challenge? Um, and really kind of mobilize the organization to, to resolve those issues. And as a byproduct of that, I ended up learning um, pretty deeply the tech technology for a company that we had acquired. Uh, and we then decided to stand up a customer success team specifically for this product line. Um, no one really knew much about it other than me. Uh, so I put my hand up and I said, I think I can do both. I think I can stand up a customer success team for this new product line um, that was pretty technical uh, and then also continue doing um, the CX efforts. And so that was kind of how I got into leadership within customer success. Awesome. 
and yeah, we had we had Gainsight, so I stumbled across it. Yeah, you know, I'm getting, I'm learning all the systems and tools from my new team, and uh, you know, they said, you know, we've got this this thing called Gainsight that, uh, you know, that's where we we do all of our work in. We weren't in thinking about it at the time. We weren't integrating our NPS data into Gainsight, which you know, I ended up fighting with uh, with uh, the 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 Salesforce ops team forever about that. But that's a story for another day. Um, but yeah, so I I, I ended up um, you know really learning that, learning Gainsight, getting to understand the power that it had. And then um, when I was when I was ready to to move on and get the you know, earlier, I said I, did, I didn't want to get my master's degree um, in in, uh, in technology. I wanted it. I wanted to get it customer success. Uh, so when I left um, that previous organization, I had a very small list, all kind of CS or CX focused um, organizations. And, uh, you know, I was fortunate enough that Gainsight thought that there was a fit there. And uh, awesome. that's, that's where I got the ability to do customer success at the customer success. Yeah, company, yeah. Which is, you know, it's such a blessing and it's something that I, I really consider myself very fortunate that, uh, that I get to do this and I get to, I get to work with, uh, 30 of the largest customer success teams, um, that, that are in the world. Um, I get to learn from them. They get to learn from me. Um, that model of segmentation where we had growth was actually something that we learned about from a customer of ours. It was something that they were trialing. We looked at the results that they were having, how they set up the team. And we said, we think we want to try this too. Yeah. Um, so we ended up borrowing that from them and, uh, you know, having a lot of really great success with it. And, um, you know, now we're kind of sharing the message of how this may be a way to, to structure your customer success team. So that will hopefully kind of push forward and we'll start to see more yeah. growth focused customer success teams out in the world, which, uh, you know, is a good thing for us at Gainsight because it just means more people in the, uh, in the customer success community and more licenses to Gainsight being sold and more <laughs> NRR for, for us. So it's all, uh, that's it's awesome. Intertwined. Well, Mike, that's awesome. Thank you for sharing all that. And, uh, no, that's been a, uh, I can see how it all comes together, right? I mean, it, um, you know, you really were building upon each step to where you are now. Um, and, and certainly well positioned for the future. Yeah. Um, where can we follow you online? Yeah. Um, so the majority of my, uh, my social presence is on LinkedIn. Um, so Michael Madej, Gainsight, I'm the only one here. And, um, so I will, um, I get to do a decent amount of this type of uh, of engagement with with the market, so I always post and share what I do there. Um, additionally, uh, I'd be I'd be uh, I wouldn't be doing Gainsight Proud if I didn't plug that Pulse is coming up, which is our largest is the largest customer success event. It's in San Francisco um, the week of August fifteenth, and there's also virtual sessions available there um, if you if you aren't able to travel at this point. But I'll be. Pres- Presenting um, at Pulse, uh, I'm actually leading uh, Pulse Academy Live, which is a bit of an onboarding and training for new customer success admins, new folks within CS. Um, so I'm I'm emceeing wow. that event on Tuesday, um, and then I'll be floating around, glad handing and talking <laughs> customer success with you know hopefully the five thousand people that will awesome. be, be at Pulse. 
Awesome. Well, thanks for bringing that up. I'll put a note in the, the, the comments. So if you want to send me a, I think I know where it is, but I'll get a link to um, Paul's put that in the, the show notes, but um, thanks for coming on talking about customer success. I, I love the two revenue rules. I think they're incredibly valuable and very different, right? I think you guys are definitely doing something different at Gainsight, which is reflected in the growth of the company. Um, you know, I've talked to a few folks there now, just been nothing but impressed with the folks at Gainsight. So you guys are doing good things. So come back, join us another time, but, uh, uh, thanks again, Mike. Absolutely. It was it was my pleasure. And then, yeah, connect with me for the, the folks uh, listening. Connect with me on LinkedIn. Shoot me a DM and, and we can have more in-depth conversation about any and all of this. Because I just, I'm so incredibly passionate about customer success and, and the growth of um, our industry, the growth of, of, of organizations. So anytime, anywhere, I, uh, I love talking customer success. You got it. Thanks again. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to The Revenue Hustle. This episode has been brought to you by Nine Lenses. Close more deals with interactive assessments. Check them out at NineLenses.com. See you next time.